Welcome in to Arrowhead Pride Radio. And Mahomes is on fire! Here's the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens. Wednesday night, baby, Arrowhead Pride Radio, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. Am I talking quiet enough for you, Pete? Or is it still too loud? You sound good. Why do you, you completely change. Like, right when you turn the microphone off, you turn into, like, professional Peter. No, no way. Well, actually, the Chiefs are just fine. We have fun on this show. There's still five games left of the season. We have a lot of fun on this show. You're going to say a lot? Okay. You don't think we have a lot of fun? I think we have fun. We get to, you know... We get to shoot the uh, shoot the breeze Ooh, in the you're bullpen. Gonna, you're gonna, I don't cuss. I'm a professional, man. Been doing this way too long. Well, didn't you curse that one day and Mm-mm. they told you that they called the FCC or something? No. Uh, that was a hot mic, and I said the word, uh, yeah, but they it was all a lie. Mm. It was just a joke. Wow. We do a lot of that around here. We joke around, but this is a very serious show because this is uh, – your number one source for Chiefs information, Arrowhead Pride, and the chief editor of that wonderful, beautiful, lovely, courageous, tenacious website is one Pete Sweeney. How have you been this week, my man? I've been all right, right? Uh, we have a very unhappy readership. We have a very unhappy fan fan base uh, stemming from the, the loss uh-huh. on Sunday Night Football. But I think once we hit Wednesday, they turn the page. Uh, yeah, the, the hangover's the over. do, the fans do. I think everyone's kind of locked in on the Buffalo Bills. Got a gift on Monday night. One of the teams ahead of you lost to Jake Browning. Oh, so that, that type of gift. I that, thought you were referencing something else. Like a Christmas gift? Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what you're thinking about. Right My now. wife. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, yeah. Uh, Jacksonville uh, loses to Cincinnati. Jake Browning looks like uh, the Brock Purdy story of looks last great. year. You think he looked great? I think he looked Or did Jacksonville I mean, just get so injured? That they just didn't give a rip. They just wanted to get the hell out of that game. It seemed like they called a few things for Browning that, uh-huh. you know, maybe Burrow wouldn't have. And it seemed like they were matching the offense to what he does well. And he managed. What, throw I mean, it to Jamar Chase and good to, things happen? <laughs> I'm not ready to say that like, Jake Browning is an all-pro. But to me, in that outing at least, he looked like one of the 32 starters in the NFL. Like, we don't even have 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, there's probably mm-hmm. about like 16 good ones. So is he among from 16 to 32 that that group that is always looking for a neck I think he's at least that yeah. right so yeah he played all right so let's let's talk about one of those 32 quarterbacks that started in the NFL in uh, Jordan Love mm. was he so right or was that defense just a little wrong in that Green Bay game that let well, him uh, absolutely carve them up I've been uh saying this this week uh, and I I really believe it I'm not just trying to make people feel better like I I think that we're going to look back at this loss to the Packers and it's not going to look so bad cuz I think Jordan Love has been having an ongoing breakout that wasn't just the the first week he looked good he's been looking good for about 5 weeks now mm-hmm. and I I think the Packers will make the playoffs, and I think they're going to be a team, quite honestly, that nobody's going to want to play. You can gain a lot of confidence from beating the Chiefs, too. Just because the Chiefs are 8-3 and three this year, now they're 8-4. and four, Yeah. Uh, going into that game, it's a big deal because you're, you're beating the reigning champs. They're still very much the reigning champs. They still have Mahomes. They still have Kelsey. You know, the defense has been better. It's a big win. I think they'll build off of that and, and really rally into the playoffs, and I wouldn't want to play the Packers in the NFC if I'm one of those Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys teams. Fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. The Eagles 49ers game was an eye opener as well, but we'll talk about that tonight because that's NFC hogwash. This is AFC stuff tonight. Um, 
What, I guess, what was a positive that really stood out in that game from the Chiefs standpoint? And then what's your, what's a big negative that stood out probably in that game? Yeah. Please don't say officiating. No, I, I, I don't, uh, I I don't blame the officiating. Uh, I, I, you know, I think you play 60 minutes, you're putting the official, you're putting the game in the hand of the officiating to make that bad call. Don't do that. So uh, I, I like that the Chiefs are finally, I think, consistently leaning into Pacheco. Um, we'll see if he plays. I know we're going to get into the injury report in a second here. I think that's a good thing. I actually think the offense was okay. I know that's going to be an unpopular opinion, but they scored on their first four drives, just mm-hmm. the first two were field goals. The red zone offense wasn't good. That was really the problem. Between the 20s, they were all right. And then I think Green Bay did a really nice job limiting the possessions, and that yeah. was through the run game against the defense. That was a bad thing. I thought the the ability for opposing teams to run right now is hurting the Chiefs because their offense isn't consistently putting up touchdowns, and now the defense is starting to falter a little bit, and you're seeing what can happen in those type of games. So I would say the run defense was not good, but I think it could be, get better because I, I feel like Nick Bolton is going to be on his way back. Yeah, you teased it twice, injury report that we'll get into, but real quickly before we do that um, – Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, we talked last week, is like the three-headed monster in this game. They used him very well. Obviously, Pacheco got ejected by throwing the the punch. They always see the second guy. They never see the first guy who's shoving his head into the ground. Yeah, but either way, it's yeah. it's fine. It is what it is. Um, but the thing about this game and the Chiefs is it seems they've kind of given us more belief that they've figured out third and short. How do they figure out red zone? Like, where do they got it? Like, is it at some point you just – you put in the heavy set package with the three tight ends and just get creative, or do you finally give other people options in the end zone? Because it just seems like there's been turnovers in the red zone, interceptions, yeah. fumbles by your key players. Is there something, is that the one thing that they really need to fix to get this thing going in the right way? I think so. I think it's just being a little bit more efficient in the red zone, right? Like they're getting to the, you got to get to the red zone to be yeah. inefficient, right? So later on in the game, they were scoring touchdowns. If they had, scored touchdowns instead of field goals. This is obvious, but it would have been a completely different game for sure at the beginning there. Uh, and I, I think if the opposing team is running the ball well and they're scoring touchdowns on your defense while your red zone offense is faltering, that's just mm-hmm. a recipe for a disaster. Even with all that going on throughout the whole night and the whole game, Chiefs had a chance at the end, right? They had the ball in their hands uh, with a chance and the, the timeouts to go and score and they – had a miscommunication. Some will blame Mahomes. Some will blame, uh, blame Sky Moore. Whatever it was, probably a little bit of both. It was an interception, and you blew the you blew a game in which I think you were playing. You weren't playing well, but you were playing well enough to put yourself in a chance to win. And it, you know it didn't happen. Now, Chiefs go back to work, try to be more efficient as an offense altogether, and hopefully, uh, as we've said a couple times, they get healthier. It's a new week in the NFL, which means it's time to take a look at the new injury report for the Chiefs. I think a good word for this week's injury report is that it's juicy. Mm. Um, I could. Sometimes juicy isn't great. Um, this happens to be one of those times where maybe it's not great. The uh, what? Probably the worst injury report they've had all season. It is that time of the year where injuries pile up. Pete, take the floor with uh, what the Chiefs released as their injury report. Maybe there's some bright sides and some some dark times as well. Yeah, the first three, Donovan Smith with the neck, Drew Tranquil still in concussion protocol, and Brian Cook with an ankle. All were out of practice today. Those were to be expected. This was a surprise, one of the surprises that are not so nice. Isaiah Pacheco uh, came in with a shoulder contusion out of the game. He did not practice on Wednesday. That's bad. 
I mean, that that's a, a bad situation because I, I tend to think right now, besides Mahomes, he's your best offensive player. You know, that even includes Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, even though I like like them uh, in this offense as well. And so, Macheco, we're going to be monitoring the rest of the week. Jarek McKinnon was also on the injury report back to practice, but only limited. He's been dealing with a groin injury for about three weeks now. Uh, Nick Bolton, this is the good news after all that bad news. A full participant, first full practice since he came back from injury. He was limited all week last week. Chiefs still need to activate him from injured reserve, but based upon my conversations with some of the Chiefs defensive players, Bolton will be back this week. And that is going to be big for the defense and that one weakness that we've seen kind of rear its ugly head in the run game. You want the Bills? Do it. The Bills have two players like Bolton that are designated to return from injured reserve. Dawson Knox and Kair Elam. Wrist and ankle injuries, but they logged full participation. So the Bills coming off a bye are are getting healthy. It seems like they're going to get those two guys back. Von Miller had a rest day, but reports out of Buffalo is that it's only a rest day and he should be a full participant tomorrow. Also, he's been dealing with some off-the-field stuff. The NFL, it seems, will not be putting Von Miller on the, that commissioner exempt list as he deals with that off-the-field stuff. Because um, it's not what a he said, she said type of thing? Don't know why. Uh, the NFL doesn't give us much much reason when it's these type of scenarios. But Shocker. all indications are that the Bills are going to have all their weapons this week and be completely healthy as the Chiefs are dealing with some contributor injuries and and. That's the tough part of this because the Buffalo Bills, you know, say what you want about the whole rest thing. This is tough. I mean, they're they're one of these teams that could turn it on at the end of the year, and they're coming off their bye. Meanwhile, the Chiefs had to play late on Sunday Night Football and came out pretty banged up, so a disadvantage there for sure. Yeah, um, Nick Bolton coming back, that's huge. This rush defense is ranked 19th in the league. Seems that seems to be the uh, kryptonite for the Chiefs. Teams run the ball. They don't necessarily blow them away with yardage, I've noticed. They yeah. uh, they tend to get to the very comfortable second and four that leads to third and one and yeah. then a first down, and then it's run the clock. That's what, look, they turned the ball over to Denver five times, and Russell Wilson just, like, very methodically was getting a first down. Even if they didn't get points, if the Chiefs don't get points, it really doesn't matter, but you've taken time off the clock, and you're getting the ball back, and there's been no swing on the points in any way, shape, or form. I mean, Green Bay ran a clinic. That's exactly what you want to do to the Chiefs oh, yeah. is hold the possessions to low, uh, make sure to have long, drawn-out possessions. If you can do it, end it with a touchdown, and then hold the Chiefs to field goals if you can. I mean, it was a, it was perfect execution. It, that's very, very hard to replicate. I think what gets harder is that is that Bolton is a huge upgrade over Drew Tranquil when it comes to defending the run. Mm-hmm. And so now, as you were describing, teams are going to have a little bit more trouble on first and second down of making those second and short, third and short, up another first down, continue to run the clock, that type of thing. So uh, this is a huge um, addition back for Kansas City, in, in my estimation, uh, with Bolton. And they could be missing a, a huge piece in Isaiah Pacheco. We'll see what the injury report is uh tomorrow if you're listening to this on the arrowhead pride podcast network we'll post that at arrowheadpride.com uh and then real quick before we go to break to get uh ron cop ready with isaiah pacheco that's kind of scary right uh is it deneric prince and uh clyde edwards Alaire? is that who would man the backfield with a growing injury lingering on Jarek mckinnon well mckinnon you can't really assume is going to play that's what at, i'm saying at this stage i mean he's been dealing with his groin for a little bit here so you know, I think the tandem, hypothetically, could be 
Clyde as the starter, um, LaMichael P. Ryan in the third down, and then Daneric Prince is that emergency? <laughs> bring bring up the bring up the boys. Mm. Mm. Speaking of bringing up the boys, we'll get to Ron Cobb Jr. on the other side, the lead film analyst over at the wonderful website of Arrowhead Pride. He'll join the show next. That's Pete, Blake, Dusty Likens with you. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back here on Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. Pete Sweeney, Blake, Dusty Likens with you. Thanks for tuning in. Please tell your friends about this show. Download the podcast. It's on the Odyssey app. Or you can go to arrowpride.com. Click on it. You can hear all this groundbreaking stuff. We don't just bring on the lead film analyst for no reason. He's here to, to, to speak to you people as we bring Ron Cobb Jr. on 610 Sports Radio tonight. Oh, you didn't have to do it. And it was like magic. Yeah, like Jesus fingers over there. It just popped in. Yeah. All right. Ron, how you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm great. I'm great. You know, it, as great as you can be on a on a you know a lost Wednesday. But you know, it's, that's the thing, man. It's it's you know, it's, it's it's always a good time with you guys. So I'm good. I'm great. Okay. What's your uh, what's your confidence meter on the number one C getting uh, acquired by the Kansas City Chiefs this year? You know, in terms of the one seed, I'm still they still have a great shot at it, right? I mean, with Jacksonville losing, they have the tiebreaker over the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. The Ravens have tough games still to go. They got to play at San Francisco at some point. Um, I know they have a few other tough games uh, that I can't say off the top of my head. So, yeah, I the one seed, you know, I, I think is definitely still still in play. Um, but yeah, I, I I would say that's that's definitely still in play. Whether that that turns into a Super Bowl championship, I think my confidence meter this year for the last few games is has been waning a little bit and it's, and it's just because the recurring issues we see on offense, man, and we can get into it, but that's what I'll just say is, is the things we continue to see over and over are the real problems and, and why I'm, I'm, you know, the confidence and going all the way is waning. So let's dig so into that as you, you, Oh, sorry. What's that? I thought we were going to say the same thing. Go ahead. You go ahead. So, so let's dig into that a little bit stemming from this uh, Sunday night football loss uh, against the green Bay Packers. When it comes to the offense, I, I know that the wide receivers have been the thing all year for, for folks. What did you learn particularly from this game that was one of the problems uh, with it moving forward? So the thing that I am seeing that I've, I've seen for a lot of the year, and it's something that a lot of people can say, oh, well, you know, it'll get better by, you know, this or, you know, by X week or, or week X. The thing is, you know, we're getting, we're getting pretty deep into the season and, and things like Patrick Mahomes is, you know, his, his, I don't want to say his confidence, but just maybe his comfortability, you know, mm-hmm. seeing the entire play and, 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 and having the entire option or every option available to him and, and, and going to the, the right option every play. I think it's just tough for him to really feel great, uh, you know, throwing in rhythm, you know, on a drop back pass when there's two routes going downfield and, you know, there's, you know, maybe one's looking open, but it's just to him, I just feel like there's got to be some confidence waning from the fact that it's not just the drops, guys. It's, it's the receivers not running the correct route adjustments based on, you know, how the, the defense is playing them. And that's why you see, you know, I, I, I mentioned it two weeks ago in the Philly game. You saw it again uh, in Green Bay where MBS is running a vertical route. Mahomes puts it on his outside shoulder because that's where the safety is pushing MBS to run. That's where his route needs to adjust to. MBS continues to run, you know, ver- uh, vertically to the inside, just like there would be two safeties, like he's splitting the safeties. And it's an incomplete pass. It's a huge missed opportunity. It's a three and out in the second half. 
those are the kind of things, man, that I just feel like are, are, are not going away and are just going to pop up at the wrong times. Because this the offense was very efficient. It was one of the most efficient games of the entire season, success rate-wise. Wise. They were really, uh, you know, making consistent plays between the 20s. But, you know, it's just a, a drive here that goes three and out. An interception, here, you know, here in the fourth quarter, obviously. And then the red zone drive. So, it's just the little things, man, the not finishing, the, the missed opportunities in the downfield passing game. Those things are just going to continue to pop up. I just—it's hard to hard to tell us tell anybody that it's just going to magically fix uh, the season. You watch a lot of film, and I think uh, enemy number one in the city right now is Matt Nagy. Is there a difference in the way the offense looks because the change of offensive coordinator? Is there a difference in like maybe like on the field? Not want to say like mannerisms or like you know some people look more disheveled than others at times, but is there is there a difference the way this offense has looked this year? I know there's no Juju in the year before that. There's Tyree Kill, but what are you seeing maybe that's different this year than last year? And maybe there is a little bit of that. The offensive coordinator change has, has had something to do with that. Yeah, you know, schematically, I, I can't I can't speak to that honestly. But you know what I will say what what I've what I've pondered um, is, is that I think the enemy really just has had a discipline with this team that, that maybe just isn't, isn't there right now. And that's why you see some of the missed opportunities, you know, and, and see some of, you know, the, the undisciplined, you know, things in terms of the routes not being exactly where they need to be. And, and, you know, I, I, they may just, you know, we've all played sports where, you know, sometimes that, that coach, you know, he, he just really knows how to hit the right note, hit the right tone with you and how he gets the message across and how he gets you to, to, to lock in at another level. ED was the one who called Patrick Mahomes a competitive prick at once upon a time. And, and I think what you see, what you saw over the years with him and EB, maybe, you know, spatting at each other on the sidelines at times, there's almost something to that where he almost Mahomes might need that to lock in more, right. To, to, to really, you know, lock into the play, lock into, okay, I, I you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this play, you know, whether it's open or not, I don't care who's on the receiving end because we need this play. I just think there are times where, you know, he, the whole offense is not playing as disciplined. And I don't think – so I don't want to speak to the schematics of it, but, you know, I do think, you know, Eric Vianney was much more of a disciplinarian and uh, and, and, and Nagy, to me, is much more of a supporter. And there and there's two different coaches, you know, coaching styles like that, and then both have their pros and cons. But I think, you know, with the talent deficiencies, you know, at the – you know, at some positions right now, I think, you know, or I, I, sometimes, you know, maybe the, the, the other, the disciplinarian could be – a little, uh, a little better to have when they're struggling in these in these areas than the than the supporter guy. What does it mean for Nick Bolton to be back in the lineup this week? It's huge. It's huge because I think that's the one thing we didn't talk about defense, but we can kind of almost you know look at, look past the Green Bay game because when you're down to your third string linebacker against that kind of run game against that kind of running back, it's going to be tough. So you know I think it was a, a, an opportunity. It's an opportunity for Nick Bolton to come back and, and everyone to feel a little better about the defense. Uh, you know being healthy. I think that might have just been more of an outlier game. Um, with that and, and Tranquil getting hurt early. So, yeah, I think Bolton being back is going to really improve the run defense because it actually has become one of the league's worst statistically. Ron, one more before we get you out of here. Uh, Pacheco pops up on the uh, injury report, not knowing if he's going to play or not, but was not practicing today. What does this team do without Isaiah Pacheco? That's a great question because Thank nothing you. behind the running back has, has really, the starting running back has really, you know, been as effective as maybe we've seen in the past. You know, a guy like Jared McKinnon, even when he was healthy, has not been as productive this year, not as efficient snap to snap as he has been in years past. So, you know, I'd like to, I'd like what I've seen from Clyde running the ball in terms of how hard he's running, but he's still not, you know, the playmaker that, that Pacheco has been. So that is huge, man. And, and I think what you're going to see is Tony get a lot of, uh, you know, maybe some, some run at shotgun uh, running back and getting some of those handoffs just to get some juice 
on the backfield if they don't have Pacheco. Ron, what do you got coming up uh, the rest of the week as we gear up for the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs matchup at 325 on Sunday? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fun game. This is an exciting game to, to look forward to. Bill's coming off a bye week, so, you know, and they're already in desperation mode. I think you're going to see everything um, from them. They're going to throw the whole kitchen sink out. So I'll just have my five things to watch, my other game pre- preview stuff. Make sure you're checking out the site. And, uh, and yeah, arrowheadpride.com. All right, Ron, we'll uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, keep kicking every day's ass, and uh, we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Yes, sir. Appreciate you all. Appreciate all right. you. I always love Ron coming on. Yeah. A lot of insight there. I like the factor that he put in there that we'd see Kadarius Tony. I want to see like them incorporate Richie James and Kadarius Tony in that role. Like yeah, I want to I mean, see eight jet sweeps. <laughs> I have seen this out there where you know you're talking about Sky Moore's snaps. I believe he had 44, and mm-hmm. Richie James had four, and he had and uh, James ended up having seven more yards than Sky. I like, saw that on for Pete's take on 41 KSHB. Yeah, I don't know if you need to completely get rid of more snaps, but. I, I think we've seen enough in the flash category, mm-hmm. and this is a part of it that we don't know. But if Richie James has, um, if Richie James has the playbook down, he should be at least be getting some more snaps. To at least see what he can do. Yeah, that's what I think. That was Ron Cop, uh, lead film analyst at Arrowhead Pride. Uh, thanks for joining the show. I know some of you will lose throughout the evening. If we do. You can uh, download the app on the Odyssey app. That's right. Check us out. We'll get you geared up for the Buffalo Bills week. Speaking of the Buffalo Bills, we talk about that. And don't forget, Pete's mailbag at the end of the show, 913-586-7610. If you want to ask Pete about this Buffalo Bills matchup, this current Chiefs offense, he loves answering questions about Matt Nagy as well. He (laughs) is the editor-in-chief of Arrowhead Pride. Pete's mailbag at the end of the show. Again, that's 913-586-7610. 7610. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. All right, now. I think you'd be a good drummer. Yeah. That's a great song. That's a terrible microphone. I said, okay. so something like that. Right. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think those are the words. They're not. Uh, they're not. Um, again, at the end of the show, remember Pete's mailbag, 913 586 7610. If you have a question for one Peter Sweeney to ask him about the upcoming matchup against the Buffalo Bills or this Chiefs offense or. Nick Bolton returning, what he's concerned about. Is he going to an ugly Christmas sweater party? Chances high for that. Um, but uh, let's let's move on, man. Let's. Uh, What's on your mind? Buffalo. Uh, I don't oh, like yes. these type of games. I don't, um, I don't atone to trap games. I don't think those exist. But things that scare the living hell out of me are must-win games. And you know who plays pretty well in Kansas City in December? Buffalo. They don't play well in January, but uh, this is a game in which Buffalo's had a bye. Mm. They have fired their offensive coordinator. They look like they played pretty well against Philadelphia. Some atrocious calls, obviously, in that one um, that dictated a little bit of that game as well. What do they have to do against Buffalo? to Because to, Buffalo can score, man. And if, if they know they can 
and they don't fear this Chiefs offense. We've got a different type of Buffalo versus Kansas City football game, do we not? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be a good game. And like you mentioned, trap game at the beginning of your your statement there. This is anything but a trap game. Right. I mean, the Kansas City knows what it has ahead of it. I, I think Buffalo, to me, is a team defensively that was really good at the beginning of the year. And then they faced a lot of injuries. And they do their best. And they're probably like middling right now. But I, I feel like if we see the, the Chiefs offense that – we did see the previous game against the Raiders that we saw somewhat at the beginning of the game against Green Bay. Again, it was warped because it was limited possessions, but mm-hmm. you got the field goals. You ended up eventually being able to turn those into touchdowns. I think the Chiefs can stick with the Bills. I also think this Bolton thing is huge because if you can take away the ground game, you can take away Josh Allen, James Cook, Latavius Murray. Like I, I feel like you can sort of dictate how it's going to go, and if you – get Allen and you're spying him and you put him in a position where he feels like he has to throw the ball. He is susceptible to turnovers. And not only is he susceptible to turnovers, if you can get him to turn the football over early in the game, first half, second quarter, that type of thing, do it the whole game. I mean, you could see multiple turnovers and he's one of these QBs. Like I know that Patrick Mahomes gets comparisons to Brett Favre. Mm -hmm. To me, that's kind of, more Josh Allen because he chucks the ball down the field. And sometimes it really works out when he is able to hit these guys on these 50, 50 balls. Sometimes it it can blow the game for you. And so I think it's controlling the run, getting to Allen, making him uncomfortable, make him make a mistake, make him make the first mistake. He should be all right. They're running back cook. uh, The younger brother of Dalvin cook. He's kind of been a turnover machine this year, fumbles the ball quite a bit, but he seems like the type of running back that can really keep the pace of game going for them. This is, again, you said a team that should have Nick Bolton back this week that currently ranks 19th in the run defense. Um, you know, I know wide receiver ones don't do much against this Chiefs secondary. I know Watson and Dobbs last weekend had, I think, 71 and 70 or somewhere around those numbers. No wide receiver one has had 100 yards. You play a really good wide receiver one in Stephon Diggs, and you play a home run hitter in Gabe Davis. Is there anything that sticks out in this offensive battle, uh, maybe for the Chiefs and the Bills, when it comes to Gabe Davis, Stefan Diggs, and a rookie tight end and Dalton Kincaid, who's really, really good as well. Well, I think the the safety helps a little gonna be a little bit different without Brian Cook. We, yeah. we know that Brian Cook isn't out necessarily for the long, long term, which is a damn miracle. Uh you know, there are talks that he could maybe come come back for the playoffs. We'll end up seeing what happens there. But Mike mm-hmm. Edwards steps in. And similar to that risk uh assessment that I gave to Josh Allen, where sometimes he could throw these risky passes. Mike Edwards takes a few more chances, I think, than any of the starting safeties. Now he's going to be in that starting position. And sometimes that works out. Remember, like, Marcus Peters, for mm-hmm. you, where you, you break off your man and you go for the interception, and sometimes it could change a game. Other times you get burned. Yeah. And so that'll be very intriguing to me because I think lost in the um, Sneed and McDuffie really having great seasons has been the safety help has been pretty good. Like, when they've needed it, they've, they've been there. And so that changes the aspect a little bit. I still feel confident about any uh, opposing wide receiver one going mm-hmm. up against Kansas City. But uh, as far as the Dalton Kid Cades of the world go, as far as, as you were mentioning, some of those complementary weapons like a Gabe Davis, I mean, the full Chiefs defense is going to have to step up when you get down to the second and third cornerbacks and uh, the, the linebacker depth and, 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 all, and all of it. I mean, Buffalo has hit its stride offensively. It's just managing it. So this kind of seems like it could be an uptick in snap counts for one Leo Chennault. Is that kind of where we see this going? He's been surprisingly decent, uh, if not better than that. That might be an unfair assessment to give to him. But 
kind of been that role where he's been able to really close down the flats on the throws or kind of stop to run. And this is a game where you might not have Drew Tranquil. You will have Nick Bolton back. Hasn't played a game in, what, four and a half, almost five weeks. And this is a game where somebody's going to step up, and it seems like this is his opportunity. This was the plan, you know, from the beginning was, you know, Bolton and uh, Gay and Chanel. Mm -hmm. And so – yeah, I mean, it's this This is the starters that you had at the beginning. Drew Tranquil became more important when these players went down, but there's no saying that, or there's no telling if, if Drew Tranquil even suit up for this game. So I think Chanel will be important, and he always has been um, kind of a low-key good pass rusher from time mm-hmm. to time, and Steve Spagnuolo knows that, He's, and he also, um, you know, a strong suit of his game is controlling that run. So I think he'll be important. Just going to be making sure you don't get gashed. You know, I, I think that's going to be important. And in that, you can kind of manage the game. And so I think the Chiefs are hoping that that kind of plays itself out that way. Chiefs, I think, will already be a playoff team. Obviously, I think they win the West. They'll be at least a four seed at minimum. Um, Buffalo, they this is a must-win game for Buffalo. They lose. They statistically go way down on playoff percentage, almost in like the 20 percentile of making the playoffs. The other thing on this, on the Chiefs side, is since 2021, weeks two and three, that's the last time the Chiefs have lost back-to-back games with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. Why does that seem to be such an efficient stat over the last two and a half seasons as to why they just don't drop back-to-back games? Well, I think, you know, even the greatest competitors in the world uh, can use a little bit nudge sometimes to refocus. Mm Mm-hmm. Not to say that Mahomes isn't focused on a week-by-week basic basis, but I, I just sense that in some of these games and watching the games after a loss, he just plays a little bit more ticked off. Mm-hmm. I know that it, you know there's no exact rhyme or reason you know for that, but I, I just feel like people call it the scorched earth version of mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes. plays a little bit sharper. I think when he's playing sharper, it makes everyone a little bit more confident, and you see that vibe with the offense. Like I... You know, I, I get killed for this, but I didn't think the offense was all that bad in Green Bay. I just mentioned they scored in their first four possessions and um, could have been touchdowns. It would have been looked a lot different. The possessions were limited. I think they're I think they're getting there. Uh, what scares me in this game, we talked about it already, is Isaiah Pacheco not being there because I think featuring him a little bit more has kind of opened things up and, and made the offense more fluid. But it's, it's that, that in Mahomes, in Reed, you kind of trust that you need this game. Uh, if you want to stay in by contention, which is a little bit better than Buffalo's circumstances at this stage, mm-hmm. I think they play better. And I also think the defense is mad. Um, you know, talking to Mike Dana today and talking to Chris Jones today at, at the podium, it, it seems like they're ticked off with how they've played against the the run in particular. And I think if that is managed, um, you know, you'll have a, a win at Arrowhead Stadium. I, I also think it helps to be home. And I know Buffalo has found ways to win in the regular season in Kansas City, but I think this – this place is smart enough and this culture, this football culture is smart enough to know how important this game is. It's not only like, okay, you win and you're still, uh, still alive for the, the the number one seed, but if you look beyond this game at the rest of the schedule, um, it opens up a little bit for you. I mean, it's not as tough as the the rest of it that's behind you. So if you can win this one, it, it, it feels really doable to win the rest of the way. And if Miami, if Baltimore, who, as you mentioned, have tough roads, drop one, you're, you're in great shape. I just, uh, I think a win Sunday sort of unlocks the rest of the season's control for you. Who's the one guy you can lean on if Pacheco isn't out or isn't out there on the field on Sunday? Yeah, I hate to say this because he he's so polarizing in Kansas City, but it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I mean, I, you have to run the ball. The Chiefs have have shown this year 
that the way they're going to have offensive success is by being a little bit more balanced. And it may not be the most popular thing in the world, but I can't even believe I'm like saying this on the radio because mm-hmm. of the reaction, but it's like 10, it's 10 and 12 carries, maybe 14 and 15 touches for Clyde in the, you know, that short game. Because I'm not even sure Jarek McKinnon is going to be right. So I, I think you could be looking at, at a dire scenario. We're, we're not there yet. I mean, we have to see what Isaiah Pacheco's status is the rest of the week. We only know that he didn't practice on Wednesday. If he's at least limited on Thursday, you know, what that'll tell you is that that the Chiefs are trying to see if he'll, he'll be able to kind of work his way in and, and go. So we're not there yet, but I I think a lot of Chiefs fans who've talked a lot of smack are going to have to grit their teeth and root for 25 if, if those circumstances end up that way. Coming up after us is that betting show live from Hollywood Casino with Alex Gold. He will get you set up for the week. Probably a good good chance he talks about that Missouri Tigers KU basketball game on Saturday at 415. But what we do at the end of this show every single week here on Arrowhead Pride Radio is we get into Pete's mailbag, 913-586-7610. Everything's on the table if you want to ask Pete everything. Anything, anything. Everything at all. Anything and everything. Wow. The hell with it. We'll do it live next here on 610 Sports Radio. Listen to Arrowhead Pride Radio. You're listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Hey, 913-586-7610. If you've got a question for Pete, we'll do that here in a little bit while we... Rejoin here in the final segment. Always uh, always goes quick with you, Mr. Sweeney. Uh, it's always nice on a Wednesday night to have this. Your mic's not on. All right. There you go. Thanks. First time in the studio. Good to be here. I, li- yeah. I like it in here. You likens it in here? I've got a guy's got a nice flag. How many candy canes do you have tonight? Uh, I've only had three. Okay. Big peppermint guy. Mm. And it's good for you. Peppermint is a great source of how many oil. Hours, how many hours you got left to eat? I'm out. I'm done. You're out of hours. Yeah, so Pete's uh, spoiled that. Yeah, so I'm intermittent fasting again. I'm going to do it for two weeks. I've done it for three days. Um, you hungry? Want to no, take out dude. for a cheeseburger? No, no. Nope. I only drink, I, got you. I only drink coffee, tea, and water. I only eat between the hours of 10 and 6. <laughs> and uh, it's very high protein, uh, very fiber-based. And then uh, once a week, we're going uh, to drink some kombucha. Oh, Lord. A friend to your gut. Okay. That's what it says on the bottle. All right. Well, Just saying. It's a, it's a gut cleanser, you I'll know? I'll eat. I, good for you, man. You see how good I look? Every week, send us your questions on Twitter at Arrowhead Pride and at 610 Sports KC. Now it's time for the mail. Doesn't matter how good I look. You're the one with the girlfriend. I'm the one that's single and lonely. So. No, come on. <laughs> uh, Text in if you want to date Dusty. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't do that. I think I'm good on that aspect. Uh, but it is Pete's mailbag, 913-586-7610. If you've got a question for Pete, please feel free. I've already seen some that have said that I can answer too, so thank you for the uh, clarification there. Somebody says, yo, Pete, Allen is a turnover machine. Bolton's been able to snag pitiful turnovers and house them. Remember the Super Bowl, plus you add Karloftis to this. How do you see this defensive line with Nick Bolton coming back, getting better versus somebody like Josh Allen from the 913? Yo, Pete. Yeah, I like it a lot. I mentioned earlier, Josh Allen is great, but he's just susceptible to game-changing turnovers. Mm-hmm. 
And you got to tap into that. Like you got to, if you can you know, get your hands on him, get your get your helmet on the ball. If you can be in a position to intercept the pass, uh, and you see him on the sideline. It, it's not only the one play. Like I, I really feel strongly about this with Mahomes. When Mahomes mm-hmm. throws his like rare interception, he kind of wipes it. He keeps going and firing, and it doesn't really seem like he's um, mentally affected. Where Josh Allen, you could see in the sideline, like Stefan Diggs is yelling at him. Mm-hmm. He's frustrated. He has his hands on his head. Let's see if you can get that happening early. Like rattle him early, and and the game can kind of unravel for the Buffalo Bills. Um, from the nine one three, hey Pete. Or I guess both of us. Do y'all think Pacheco is going to get 20 rushes a game from here on out? Or can we expect close to that moving forward? Yeah, I think the Chiefs have realized what I've realized. And I, I think mm. that is Isaiah Pacheco uh, is their best weapon that they have right now. Nothing against Travis Kelsey and, and Rasheed Rice. I just think when he has the ball in his hands, he has the most juice. And the Chiefs have started to, I think, lean into the run game a little bit more. Also lean into Isaiah Pacheco in the pass game. And when he's getting these touches, typically it's meaning good things for your offense. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I, I keep sort of repeating myself with last game. I, I still think the O is okay. Uh, I think Green Bay did a really good job of limiting opportunities. I think Nick Bolton and his presence back will help with that, and you'll start to see the Chiefs maybe begin to look like themselves a little bit more. Okay, moving on. Yo, Pete, what would you do in the offseason? Free agent or draft a wide receiver from the 816? I think the answer is yes. I think you do both. Mm-hmm. I think you even maybe acquire three. One in free agency who Beach and his staff really like based upon some of their pre-draft stuff and, and how the career has played out. Uh, get somebody in here that could uh, you know kind of help out that room. And then you take two shots, one in the early rounds and then one in the late rounds that you see uh, other teams do. You know, I, I think you see three new receivers from both draft and free agency in this particular offseason. From the 913, yo, Pete. Yo, Pete. When do you think we'll get a decision on where Zach Ertz is going? And do you think the Chiefs are actually interested? Question mark from the 913. I tend to think the Chiefs may have made a, made a call. I think he's a Philadelphia Eagle. I mean, going back makes, home? I think it just makes too much sense. Because um, they're still without Goddard, right, for another week? Yeah, but even when they were, mm-hmm. like, both of these guys can eat in that offense. And, you know, I, I, I think Ertz – and and the Eagles to me are, um, you know, they're one of these connections where it would hurt his reputation in mm-hmm. Philly to go with a fellow contender, especially one that beat you in the the Super Bowl. I I tend to think just based upon knowing Ertz and his kind of his career arc and just knowing that the Eagles are interested, that I I, I think he ends up going there. But who knows? Right? Uh, like we learned in the Juju Smith-Schuster situation the first time around, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Andy Reid is sending him photos of the Lombardi and uh, Kansas City barbecue, and, you know, and maybe he, he he's able to woo him to Casey. I'd like to see Ertz here. I, I usually, uh, when, when these players pop up, I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I, as a pass-catching tight end and, and somebody who can um, move the sticks, I, I, I'd like to see him in Kansas City. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yo, Pete, from the 816, how high do you think the ceiling is for Rasheed Rice career-wise? It's pretty high, right? I and mean, He's doing something right now that a lot, not a lot of rookies, including Sky Moore and Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, aren't, you know, aren't doing uh, as rookies and rookie-wide receivers in Andy Reid's uh, offense, and that's being productive. And so I think as he continues to grow in the offense, continues to learn it, we talked to him today about he's still 
even to this point, learning the offense. I think he's still getting some some things down. Um, and and he, he's always a student, he said, you know, getting into the playbook. I think he'll continue to get better and better. Um, he, he'll be even better when the Chiefs have more options of, uh, to throw to in, in future years as well because, you know, he'll, he'll get less attention um, and you can do different things with him in, in that fashion. So I, I think it's high. I'm not going to put a name on it, but I, I really like Rasheed Rice and I think the Chiefs do too. We're running out of time for Pete's mailbag here on Arrowhead Pride Radio, 913-586-7610 from the 816. Yo, Pino Pete. Justin Ross still a thing this year? Two question marks. Yeah, I don't know. This is one of those uh, mysterious NFL things where he remains on the commissioner's list to to, to our knowledge. Uh, maybe that changes. I know that the thing was resolved um, in the court of law. You know, we know that that it was dropped. Uh, NFL typically does its own investigation, so I'm sure that um, that's ongoing to an extent right now. Uh, it is festive season. You want a festive question from the 913? Okay. Pete? Yo, Pete? What is your... What, what? A lot of yo, Pete's today. That's just what we do here. Um, I've kind of started that. Yo, Pete. Yo, Pete. What's your movie preference? Home Alone or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Then they said, Dusty, you can answer too. No. Why don't you, why don't you answer first? Home Alone. Home, you, I watched Christmas Vacation and Elf last night. Oh, yeah. I'm in. I'm in it. I'm ready to go. I was in the robe, flannel PJs, hung up the rest of my ornaments, had a Blanton's on the rocks, nightcap, perfect. So, so that doesn't count against the fasting, the Blanton's. No, because okay. it's 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 whiskey. interesting rules. This this fasting. I like uh, Christmas Vacation, and I probably take it over Home Alone. I I I got some problems with the Home Alone franchise. Yeah, one of my good friends I, says she hates Home Alone. I, you know, I grew up in New York, and they had a casting call, and I tried out for Home Alone three, and they. Put me through to the second level, but that was it. Did they really? Didn't make it. Alex D. Lenz, I think, who got that role. Also, a very young Scarlett you Johansson's in that movie. You remember what happened in Home Alone 3? Yeah, you got the chicken pox, had to stay home. Yeah, I would have been perfect for it. Mm-hmm. I got the chicken pox. And then his old neighbor left her garage open, yeah. and he went over there to protect her, and the criminals were there. Yeah, there I was good enough for a second read, but uh, that, that's where the line ends. I think, Christmas, I think Home Alone 3 is uh, underrated. It's what? I think it's underrated. Oh, God, don't say that. I could, have, I could have been in the movie, and they didn't choose me. It has a great theme song. Stop, this is my stop town. complimenting it. This is my town. See, I love it. No. Yeah, well, I auditioned for the 10 to 2 show and didn't get it, and I still listen to it. Same. Yeah. Speaking of that 10 to 2 show, Alex Gold will be coming up next live from Hollywood Casino as he is uh, that betting show, the Goldie Locks, probably some KU Mizzou coming up, some Chiefs Buffalo coming up, plus he's – I think he's the only one in the entire world that's super excited about Thursday night football game. Mitchell Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. It's did you see that the under uh, the over <laughs> under? Yeah. It's over it's under three three and a half points. It went down to three and a half no, points. No, I mean it's an Iowa football game, and I'm betting the under. <laughs> I, I will only bet the under in that game. I don't care. They're not scoring more than thirty points. I think you're right. I mean one thousand percent as we give our betting advice ahead of that betting show, but yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it'll be all right. Um, what do you got going on the rest of the week over there at Arrow Pride? Yeah, keep it locked in. We got a lot of injuries. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we'll have an injury report every day uh, at arrowheadpride.com. Uh, we got the podcast network going. I'll be going on with uh, Cody and Gold on Friday to talk about uh, the injury statuses nice. and everything. So should be fun. Should be a fun week. And uh, Chiefs looking to rebound against these Bills. Somebody thinks I should fast between noon and eight. I'll stick to 10 and six. It's worked for me. I'm off, on, off this airwaves to go walk two and a half miles in this wonderful evening of 48 degrees cannot wait blake thanks for all your help pete obviously everything that you do is great with that drum roll 
Go, go do nice things for people. It could change their day, week, month, or year. It's cool to care. Have a great night, Kansas City. That betting show live from Hollywood Casino in Kansas is up next with Alex Gold. You're listening to 610 Sports Radio. Good night.